on this side. Don't even give that one in the back. He can't read no how. Amen. Over here on this side. All right. All right. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter number eight. Proverbs chapter number eight. Uh, we're going to be doing a little different style of study in the next few weeks, next coming up weeks. Uh, we are getting into the portions of Proverbs that are very repetitious and, uh, and, and stuff that uses the same words. In other words, like the fear of the Lord. You'll hear that over and over and over and over again. And we're getting into a lot of repetitious stuff. So what we're going to do now is take different topics, take different topics and bring and go all through Proverbs with that one topic and then go through it that way in a practical, uh, topical way. Say amen right there. So I want you to look in Proverbs chapter number eight and one verse, one verse, verse number 33. How many of y'all had a good day today? How many of y'all had a rough day today? How many of y'all had a rough week? How many of you tired? Yeah. Amen. I would say say I'm going to be short, but every time I say I'm short, it goes long. So I'm not going to do that, but I feel you. I'm tired. I'm wore out. It's been one of those type weeks, but I'm glad we can come in an air conditioned building and talk about Jesus. Amen. All right. One verse, one verse, Proverbs chapter number eight and verse number 33. Have you found your spot? All right. I need you all to, 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 to read with me, read with me. The, The Bible says in Proverbs eight, verse 33, Hear instruction and be, and be, and be, and refuse it not. Hear instruction and be wise. Hear instruction and be wise. Father, uh, help us tonight. Help us tonight. Help us this week. Lord, uh, everybody's here has worked all week, worked all day, probably wore out and tired and just uh, probably got a million things on their mind. Lord, please help us just to slow down a little bit tonight. Help us to focus on your word, focus on uh, the truths that we need to, to, to have dear to our heart, that we need to apply, that we need to use. And God, I pray that your will be done tonight. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the easiest way, the easiest way to study the book of Proverbs is topically, obviously, uh, taking one topic and then going through and finding everything it says about that, <clears throat> excuse me, about that topic. But the best way to read it is chapter by chapter. Now, why is that? Each chapter presents a variety of truths, and you never know which one you'll need for any given day. In fact, some verses are repeated so that we'll be sure to get the message. That's where the repetition comes in. How many of y'all been reading your Bible, and that you just come across a verse, and it just spoke to you, and you really needed it at that moment that you read it? I mean, God is that way. He, he has a way of speaking to you. Now, here's what we got to understand. This is not just literature. This is not just someone's writings that we read like Shakespeare or we read like Hamlet or, or, or something of that nature. This is God's mind on paper. God will speak directly to you through his word. And it, I tell you what, there's nothing that cranks my tractor when I'm reading something and he says something to me and I know he said it to me through his word. And that's what will make it personal and that's what will make it real. Are y'all with me? Say amen. 
Listen, as we read it and as we study it, as we learn it and as we apply it, we, we find the book of Proverbs is basically about different kinds of people, what they believe and do and how they interact with one another. People create circumstances that are good and bad, and you and I have to deal with people and circumstances as we go through life. I remember Brother Terry Wilson told us in college one time, he said, you're only different from this year to next year by the people you meet in the books you read. But I I disagree with that statement just a little bit. I believe it's also by the circumstances that you experience. I have seen people who were one way, and then after a tragedy, their life was completely different. Their, Their personality was completely different. Everything about them had changed because of a situation that took place in their life. Everybody, we realize, everything about life is about dealing with those two things, people and circumstances. Uh, it's about problem solving. It's about dealing with the issues that come your way. Uh, sometimes we have to deal with circumstances that are just natural, that just take place. Uh, sometimes we have to deal with circumstances that we create by mistakes we make. But sometimes we have to deal with circumstances created by others. Sometimes grandparents have to take care of grandchildren because children act up and act goofy. Sometimes, sometimes uh, parent or children have to take care of parents. Sometimes it's the opposite way around. It's not all the time things that you do. Sometimes it's things that other people do. Maybe a spouse or, or whatever that might be. But life is all about people and circumstances. People and circumstances. How many of y'all would like to be able to get along with everybody? <laughs> uh, how many of y'all like to get along with somebody? Amen. Uh, it's, it's that way. You know, there are some people that's never going to be happy in life because they can't get along with anybody. And there, and there's, there's, there's times in life where we're going to have issues and we're going to have problems because we don't know how to handle certain circumstances in life. Problem solving issues of that type. Now, In these topics, we're going to take these topics one at a time. I don't know how long it's going to take. It may take a few weeks. It may take a few months. doesn't really matter. We've got till Jesus comes back. Amen? Uh, I'm not in a real hurry to finish a book. Used to, I'm I'm like driven. You know, I want to just chapter by chapter and go. I I just want to study it till we, we drain it out. Amen? And so we'll take, first we're going to talk about the different people. Now, from chapter 1 to chapter 9, when you put all them together, you'll find basically five different types of people between chapter 1 and chapter 9. Here they are. Let's look at them. Number 1, and it's in the slots there. First, we see the wise. Write that down. We see the wise. We talk about the wise, the characteristics of the wise, the attributes of the wise, the behavior of the wise, the thinking of the wise, how, how they respond to things. Then, number 2, the wicked. The wicked. We see the wicked and how they respond, how they think, how, how they operate. <clears throat> we need to know what they... Uh, listen, you, you need to know that because you don't want to have characteristics of wicked people. Are y'all with me? You, you need to know who the wise are, but you need to know who the wicked are. Then number three, the fool. The fool. Number four, the simple. The simple. It's in the beginning... Proverbs deals with all three of the last three, the fool, the simple, and then the scorner. The scorner is the last one. Then you'll find that he only deals with the simple and the scorner. 
And then he only deals with the scorner as it goes by and the consequences of their behavior, the consequences of their actions and their way of thinking. And, and so we have these five different people. Obviously, obviously, we all want to be number one, right? We all want to be wise. But how many of you would admit tonight that you found yourself in one of those other slots? I've been foolish in my life. I've been foolish in my life. I've been a scorner in my life. I've been, I've been the one uh, that just looked down on issues and things. I've been simple, uh, not, not necessarily on purpose, but just being ignorant of things. So I want to I make sure wherever I'm at in that list, I want to keep moving to the top. I want to move to where I, I'm a wise person. I'm a person that can help other people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, so tonight... We're going to take the number one person on the list, the type of people here. We're going to look at the wise. We're going to look at the wise, the characteristics of the wise and what, what they are. I think one of the, the most important things that we see about a wise person, and it starts here. It starts here. I don't think you can be a really wise person and not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe true wisdom starts with salvation. Are you all with me? Listen, the first step is saving faith in Jesus Christ. Wise people are wise unto salvation, according to 2 Timothy 3.15. They're wise to salvation before they gain wisdom about anything else. Why? Because Jesus Christ, according to Colossians 2 and 3, 1 Corinthians 1.30, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Educated and trained people who ignore or reject Christ can succeed in making a good living, but without him, they can never succeed in making a good life. One that glorifies God. The wisest thing a person can do is to trust Christ and live in obedience to him. Amen. You got to be saved. You got to know Christ. I, I, was, I was teaching in, in, in uh, uh, 101 Sunday about membership and, and what, uh, uh, what membership is all about. What does it mean to be a member of temple and, and the responsibilities and the things that uh, God requires out of us. And before you can be a member, you have to be saved. You have to know Christ as your personal Savior. Everything begins with him. It doesn't matter if you could memorize the whole Encyclopedia Britannica. If you don't know Christ, you're going to be an educated lost man doomed for hell. It starts with knowing Christ. It starts with knowing him. Uh, now, let's look at different characteristics that we find. Number one, number one, wise people, wise people listen to wise instruction, especially God's word. Wise people, wise people listen to wise instruction. Why do you think I put that? Because everybody in the world wants to give advice. But all advice is not good. All instruction is not wise. There are people in universities today trying to, to, to say that homosexuality is not a sin. It's, not a, it's just an alternative lifestyle. It's this or that. Uh, they're trying to say uh, things that is in God's word. I, I, I was listening to a radio station I was listening to a radio station this morning uh, uh, on my way to work, and, and, and they, were talking about, they were talking about a man that was arrested, I think in England, I think it was, I, I, I didn't finish hearing that part of it, but he was arrested for preaching against homosexuality. 
And, and, and a woman got on there and she was saying, well, I'm, I'm a Christian, but, but I'm not really, you know, I don't think we need to judge anybody. And, and you got to understand that there was a time, there was a time when, when, you know, uh, uh, people preached against, uh, uh, people of different races being married. So, you know, we're just catching up. I said, and I, and I thought to myself, almost wrecked the car. I was so mad. I said, number one, there's no scripture. There's no scripture about different races marrying. So you cannot preach something that's no scripture for, all right? So you can't hold that. But I have plenty of scripture. Are y'all with me? Now, everybody in the world wants to get on a bandwagon and, and try to give instruction. But all instruction is not wise. Everybody's advice is not good. And, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't stress that enough. I cannot stress that enough because everybody's giving it out. Everybody's giving it out today. You say, how do, how do we know what wise is? Compare it to God's word. Amen. That's how you know whether a, a, a man of God is a man of God. Does what he preach, is it supported? Is it, is it, is it on God's word? Can, can you line up what he says and what he teaches and what he preaches with what this Bible says? Great way to, and, and here's, here's, here's another one. Well, I just feel like that's the right thing. Don't be fooled by your feelings. When it comes to truth, your feelings are irrelevant. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how we feel about something. How many of y'all, how many of y'all when all that rain's happening, you kind of felt gloomy? In the first day that the sun popped out, everybody, uh, you, you know, you thought you won the lottery. You know why? Because your feelings change. They, your feelings will deceive you. But do you know there's something about truth? Truth will never change. Truth will always be truth. Truth endureth to all generations. That's why I say if you're going to be a liar, you better have a good memory. Because if you're going to be a liar, you've got you to you remember what you said. But if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember because it's always going to be the same. Amen? Now... Wise people listen to wise instruction, especially God's word. A wise man will hear and increase learning. We just read this. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Wise people pay attention to spoken instruction as well to the written word of God. Are you here to learn? Are you here to wait till your kids get out? Are you here when you come on Sunday mornings? When you come on Sunday mornings, do you come because that's what you're supposed to do on Sunday morning? Or are you coming to learn? Are you coming to glean? Are you coming to receive something that's going to strengthen your spirit, strengthen your mind, strengthen your Christian walk? They listen and pay attention. There's one thing to listen, and there's another thing to pay attention. Uh, ladies, do I have a witness right there? I can't tell you how many times that I've been standing right in front of Tammy, three feet away, her eyeball to eyeball, and I listen to everything she says. And she says, what did I just say? Uh, and then the argument starts, amen. I don't know what you insinuate. Well, you don't think I asked you? Uh, yeah, no, no, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. And you know what? It's so easy to do that in here. 
it's so easy to, to let our mind wander. I can, I can be doing that. I can be, let me tell you how this works. It's very difficult for me in worship to worship because I'm thinking about the problem that's sitting on that fourth row. I'm thinking about the issue that the, this family just walked in with. I'm thinking about, okay, when's the next song? When am I supposed to stand? Make sure everything, and, and I have to consciously make myself stop and think about God. Think about why I'm here. Think about why I'm singing. Think about who I'm singing to. Because if we're not careful, our minds are so geared to technology that we can sit down here and in just a few moments, our mind be thinking about Shoney's. Our mind could be thinking about the beach. Our mind could be, are y'all with me? And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say a lot of, a lot of us waste a lot of time because we're, we're present, but we're not getting anything simply because we're not paying attention. Now, wise people, uh, it's amazing to me what happens when you're paying for something. One of the, one of the, 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 the strangest days of my life is when I left home, went to Bible college and I had to buy my own pair of shoes for the first time. It was amazing how my thinking changed about what I thought I had to have. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, my mind went way down the line to a cheaper model. Are y'all with me? And it's amazing how much you'll pay attention if you're paying for the lesson. Y'all, amen? Now, let's pay attention. They, they pay close attention to the instruction of God's word. This means we must diligently spend time reading and studying the word of God, appropriating its truths into our hearts and obeying what God commands. Do you realize one day you're going to stand before God not for what you heard, but for what you do? What if, I, what if I, I, I saw a video by Francis Chan? He was illustrating this. This is really cool the way he'd done it. What if I told Jordan, uh, Jordan, I need you to clean your room. And she'd come back an hour later and said, Daddy, I remember what you said. You said to clean my room. I even memorized how you said it, Daddy. You said, Jordan, go clean your room. Now, is that going to accomplish anything? How many times have we heard, we've even memorized, we've learned, and we're bragging about what we know, but we don't appropriate it? We don't get credit if we don't do it, church. Say amen. I want to, uh, me, me and Brother Buchanan was talking about something, so I, I, it's on my mind. And you remember, we've got to Jesus come so I can run this rabbit. Um, we were talking about, we were talking about uh, Sunday's message about the past being in the past and uh it ain't gonna offend nobody if i can give you the answer that you get all right uh and he was asking questions that come up in life group about about sin and about sin and about the judgment about the judgment and people are afraid you know one day when i gotta stand for the judgment boy i'm gonna have to those things here's the deal here's the deal this is the truth of god's word there's two judgments there's the judgment seat of christ and there's the great white throne judgment Okay, the judgment seat of Christ is for every Christian, every Christian, the judge, the great white throne judgment and in the end of revelation, I think it's revelation 20, 21, I think it is. 
I believe it's 21. If not, it's in that vicinity. Amen? Uh, but I think it's 21. Uh, at the, ju- the great white throne judgment is the judgment of all the lost. Now, at the, at the judgment seat of Christ for saved people is where you will be judged according to your works, not your sins. Not your sins. Jesus was judged for your sin on the cross. And, it, and that's, the, that's the point. If you die without receiving the payment that he paid, you will pay for it yourself at the great white throne judgment. But if you are saved, he paid the price. And that judgment is not to judge you for your sins. It has been judged on the cross. That judgment is to judge your works. And you will be rewarded according to your works. If you did nothing, you received nothing. You with me? Your, your works will be judged according to uh, motive. Uh, your, it says that we have works of uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. And your works are going to go through the fire. If you did it to look good, it's going to burn up. If you did good deeds so everybody brag about you, it's going to burn up. But if you did it because you love Christ and you wanted to obey him, you're going to receive a reward. Amen. Are y'all with me? Now, let me put a little commercial right there. Uh, if you sin on this planet and you are saved, uh, you're going to reap what you sow. Here. Here. If you put corn in the ground, corn's going to come up. So, and, and, and sometimes we have to reap repercussions of our stupidity. If you went and had a one-night stand with somebody with AIDS and you contracted AIDS, God will forgive you of that. But sometimes you will still have to pay and, and, and suffer the consequences of dumb decisions. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, the great white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment is for those who are lost. They are going to pay for their sins. I believe the Bible teaches that every man shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire. I believe everything is going to be according to who you are. I don't believe, I don't believe that uh, the good old boy that's never smoked, drank, dipped, chewed, never done anything, always said yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, uh, was always a good person, yet they did not believe in Christ. I don't believe he's going to be in the same spot as Jeffrey Dahmer or Adolf Hitler. I believe it's going to be a perfect judgment. It's a white representing purity. Uh, and it's going to be hell. It's going to be hell. So don't ever let that thing. But I believe there's going to be degrees in hell according to who you were and what you did on this planet. That's the great white throne judgment. But I went into saying all that to say this. We can learn everything about God in the Bible we want to learn. But if we don't appropriate it, if we don't put it into action, if we don't take what we get in here and take it out there and do it, it's doing us no good. You can hear about forgiveness in this building all you want to and say amen all you want to. But if you go out there and don't forgive and hold a grudge, you're wasting your time. If you come in here and hear about mercy and having mercy and you go out there and show no mercy, you're wasting your time. If, if, <laughs> if you come in here and we teach about loving your enemy, help us, Lord. And then go out there and don't. Amen? Wise people, listen to wise instruction and pay attention so they can go be wise. Be wise. They appropriate it. It's not enough to own a study Bible and read books about the Bible, helpful as they are. 
It's one thing to know about the Bible and quite something else to hear God speak through his word and teach us his wisdom so that we become more like Jesus Christ. That's our ultimate goal, people. We want to be and think like Jesus Christ. Those who are wise, those who are wise profit who, uh, from rebuke. A wise person is not going to get mad at you if you correct them. Now, they might get a little sideways, just, just a minute. And, 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 my, now, and, and by the way, be careful if you're going to rebuke somebody. Because you better know what you're talking about. Sometimes people, people want to rebuke people and they ain't got no business rebuking nobody. But when it's done in the right way, when it's done in the right manner, when it's a God thing, and I would say uh, over half of the rebuking that's usually being done is not a God thing, it's an anger thing. But when a rebuking takes place, it's a God thing, you will get benefit from it. And a wise person will listen. A wise person wants to be better. And if somebody else can help me be better, I want to be better. Amen? A wise man. Well, we're having fun tonight, ain't we? A wise person will benefit from rebuke rebuke, and from advice. They don't think so highly of themselves that they can't learn from others. Say that with me. They don't think so highly of themselves that they can't learn from others. Brother Steve Hurt said one night in class, I'll never forget it. He said, I don't care who they are. I don't care what kind of education they have. I don't care how dumb you think they are. You can learn something from everybody. You can learn something from everybody. Uh, If we're wise in our own eyes, we certainly won't be wise in God's eyes. Number two, number two. Tell me number one again. Read it back to me. Number one. All right, all right. Let's look what else Proverbs says about wise people. Number two, wise people fear the Lord. Wise people fear the Lord. I remember back in the fear series that we did, uh, we learned that if you fear the Lord, you don't have to fear nothing else. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it all starts, at the Lord's steps. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, Proverbs uh, uh, 3, 7. We've already learned that fearing the Lord means respecting him so that we obey his will and seek to honor his name. Fearing the Lord is the opposite of tempting the Lord by deliberately disobeying him and then daring him to intervene. Work out your, in other words, in other words, here's what we do. We do something that the devil tried to get Jesus to do. A lot of us do. I've done it in my life. I see a lot of Christians do it all the time. You remember when, when, you remember when the devil had Jesus on, on the, the, the pinnacle of the temple? And, or, and he said, look, he said, just cast yourself, just cast yourself down and, uh, and, 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 and the angels won't let you dash your foot against a stone. In other words, he's trying to tempt him. And, God, and Jesus said, listen, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, it's like saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, God said he would protect me. So I'm going to drink this gasoline and he's going to protect me. That's stupid. And that, that there's, and it's just as ignorant to go out and do something, you know, you know, is not what God told you to do. And when you suffer, you begin to suffer the repercussions from it, then you beg God to get you out of it. Now, I'm not going to stand here like an innocent lamb and act like I've never done that. I've done that before, but it's very foolish. It's very foolish. 
And we can't expect God to get us out of stuff that we put ourselves into when we went into it knowingly that it wasn't going to be for our benefit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now, uh, fearing the Lord, it's not about tempting him. It's not about daring him. The fear of the Lord, and don't, don't get this idea. If you're a young Christian in here, don't get this idea that you have to walk around. Because when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had this, I, you know, I, 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 I grew up in hellfire and brimstone. I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about if you, you looked at, uh, as a little kid, you looked at a girl in the pew beside you, you was going to hell for sure. Say amen. I mean, because every preacher that I've ever heard in my life growing up, they was mean and they had that, that, that grovelly voice and, and it was, and I thought they was all mad at us. Chris, tell him what I'm saying. Am I telling the truth? I mean, he, he grew up in the same, and, and man, I'm telling you, I had that type deal. It, it, was, it was this bad. It was this bad. I'd lay, I'd lay in bed. I'd be tired, you know, get in bed because you're supposed to pray before you go to sleep because you didn't pray before you go to sleep. You was a sinner, you know, and, 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 and I'd get in bed, and, I, and I'd say, I'm going to just pray in my bed. I'm tired now. I don't feel like getting out on my knee. And I'd just sit there, and, and, and boy, in just a few minutes, that fear gripped my heart, and I'd jump out of bed. Boy, I didn't want to get in trouble. Because I just knew God was going to hit me with lightning through that. And, mm, and I know that sounds silly, but that's not, that's not our father. I didn't walk around my dad all the time afraid of him. But I guarantee you I feared him. I feared that leather belt is about this long. I feared, I feared his, his, his wrath or justice when I did something I wasn't supposed to do. But I wasn't afraid of him. I loved him and I respected him. There was a great respect because I knew if he said it, he meant it. Do y'all understand what I'm saying by that? I love my dad. I love being around my dad. I love hanging out with my dad. And I knew, I knew when I didn't want to be around him. I knew when, and, and, and you see, Jesus said, when thou prayest, when thou prayest, pray in this manner, our, our, our father, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, we have, we, we don't have the spirit of bondage. We have the spirit of adoption. We're the family. Does that make sense? Amen. So don't leave here when you say, fear the Lord, fear the Lord. I mean, I got to walk around afraid of them. If I say the wrong thing or do the, think the wrong thing or if I, you know, that there's a lightning bolt and he's just waiting to, no, 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 no. That's not what it means. It means there needs to be a great, great respect to God to the point that it changes your behavior. It changes your behavior. Does that make sense? Amen. Y'all tired because y'all quiet tonight. Amen. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 14, 27 is a fountain of life. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 19, 23 leads to life. It gives security in Proverbs 14, 20. You see what I'm saying? One topic and we're finding it all over the book. Does this make sense? This is why we're taking these topics and, and going with it. All right, uh, fear of the Lord gives security, fear of the Lord gives hope, and the promise of a long life in chapter 10, 27. When you fear the Lord, you keep your priorities straight. 
you also steer clear of evil. It helps you give motivation to do what you need to do, all right? Number one, tell me number one. Wise people... All right, number two. All right, number three. Wise people associate with wise people. This is big. This may not seem like a big deal, but this is big. This is big. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, or excuse me, Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Uh, this is a no-brainer. I mean, this doesn't take a whole lot of intellect to get and understand. If, if you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. Don't spend your time with idiots. How many y'all? How many y'all have seen? How many y'all have seen uh, turkeys hanging out with eagles? It's not a trick question. Anybody here seen turkeys hanging out with eagles? No. They got a different nature. They got a different nature. I, I was listening, I was listening to Dave Ramsey on the radio, and he was talking about he was talking about a guy, a businessman that he knew, he was talking to him and, and counseling him, instructing him, and, and he said, Man, I want to be a millionaire. And 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 Dave Ramsey said, How many millionaires do you know? Uh, well, uh, he said, look, if you don't know any, how are you going to know how they act? How are you going to know how they think? How are you going to know how they behave? M- my point being is this. If you'll notice who you hang around, that's usually who you act like. And be careful how you criticize the people you hang around because you usually hang around birds of a feather will. And they will fall together too. We were, we were uh, in, in a staff meeting today, we were talking about, we, we're going through the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, and I'm trying, we're doing our best as a team to, in, in leadership, to get better. We want to better our leadership skills because we want to be the best leadership team for you that we can be. The law that we dealt with today is the law of magnetism, the law of magnetism, which says you do not attract what you want, you usually attract who you are. And if you don't like what you're attracting, you may need to change who you are. And at the end of the at the end of the deal, at the end of the deal, we had to make a list of if I was going to if I was going to uh, look for a leader, if I was going to hire a leader, what would I look for? And I I, I was making my list. Very first thing on the list was initiative. Initiative. I cannot stand having to go behind somebody all the time and prod them and prod them and prod them to do what they're supposed to do. That irritates me. I, it's my personality. It's just the whatever, the way God wired me. But I don't have a lot of patience for people when it comes to that, that type of situation in a leadership role. If you're not a leader, hey, rock on. I, I, don't, I don't have no kind of expectations. But if you're a leader, I shouldn't have to tell you all the time to lead. Initiative is so important. Taking that leap, taking that step. If you're not taking the lead, you're not a leader. Initiative. Uh, 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 and and we, we, made, we made several things. Loyalty was one. Uh, 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 vision. 
Vision was high on the list. That, I think that was second on my list, vision. I, I, you got to be able to see it. If you, you can't see it before you see it, you ain't never going to see it. Say amen. And, and, and we all listed all of these things. And, and then, then the, the, the workbook made us go back and say, okay, now make a list or look beside it and put how you are with each one of those. And if, if you're not good at those that, that you're looking for, you're not going to attract that type of person. If you're a negative person, have you ever noticed like, like in school, smart people hung out with smart people? And goobers hung out with goobers? Am I right? They attract each other. And, and it's the same principle. If you, if, if, if you don't want to be a negative person, you better not hang around negative people. Man, I, oh, I got a good illustration, but I can't use it. I, uh, I got to use it. The parties will remain nameless. But I knew a person that was around other persons all the time. And all them persons was negative persons. Are y'all with me? This person was removed out of the atmosphere of them persons for a little while and, and hung around another type person that was more upbeat, that was more... Here we go, more energetic, that type of thing. And it wasn't long till that person started acting different and started being different and started responding different and, 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 and was more upbeat, more jovial, just, just everything. But then them persons come back around this person. And guess what? Y'all ain't going to believe it. Guess what that person went back to? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I could take the best Christian in this building. And it ain't me, probably. But I could take the best Christian in this building. And I could put you around a certain group of people. And you stayed around that group of people in two or three months. You'd be need to be at this altar. That's a fact. Be careful who you hang out with. You know what I'd like to do? I'd, I'd like to I'd like to hang out with people that's just a couple notches better than me. To give me something to strive for, to give me something to look to. And I want, I want to be that. I want to have that kind of character. I love, I love hanging out with Brother McCormick. Some, most of y'all don't know him. He's a pastor in, in, in Jacksonville, Florida. But, man, the dude's got character. He's, he's, he's everything. He's got, he's got wisdom. I mean, just, just ridiculous. And, and, and I, would, I would love to be able to hang around that type of person all the time. Now, you can't stay in that mode. Because there ain't that many of them around. Say amen. But you don't need to constantly hang around those you don't want to be like. 
Does that make sense? Now, we can't completely isolate ourselves from those type of people because we have to reach those people. But don't think you by yourself by, with a crowd of them is going to elevate them. They use it. It's always easier to pull a man down a ladder than it is to pull a man up a ladder. Amen. Amen? Yes, we're having fun tonight. As we read and study Scripture, we associate with wise men and wise women of the Bible. History, and we learn from them. We learn from them. By spending time with godly friends, we can learn wisdom and grow in our knowledge of Christ. One of the, one of the coolest things, uh, uh, Brother Chris, was you going uh, to victory, or, or is that after you came, when, when we had the, the, uh, the biographies of different Christians? I think it was Brother Bullard's class where he, he made us. We had to, it, one of the classes we had to read that book, and it was a different biography. Do you remember that? It was. It had Christmas Evans and 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 D. L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon and some of you guys. You know, who is that? Billy Sunday. It's it's Christians from years and years and years and years ago. This this dead and in heaven now. But it talked about their life and their ministries. And man, I used to love to read those things and see how and how they responded to different things. We need to learn that. We need to learn how to, and, and not just that, but you can do it in the Bible, reading the, the, the men and the women of the Bible. And, and by the way, none of them was perfect. None of them was perfect. But they all had things we can learn from. Amen? All right, all right, all right. I'm hurried. I'm hurried. Number four. Number four. All right, let's go back to number one. Let's repeat this. Let's repeat this because we'll remember it. Number one. Number two, number three, okay, number four, wise people preserve what they have gained. Oh, my soul, this is important. This kind of goes with number one. I kind of jumped ahead and talked about it a little bit more, but uh, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. If wisdom is stored in the heart, then we will say the right thing at the right, at the right time. What does that mean? It means this. Something you may learn tonight, you may not need it tonight. In other words, I've been preaching on marriage before, and there's single people in here. Well, you may not need it at this moment, but you may in a little while. I may be preaching on, on bitterness. That's a favorite topic. I mean, that was huge. That, that hit everybody. Uh, but you may not have nothing happen to you. You may not have any issues like that in your life. You may not have to forgive anybody. But maybe a month from now, somebody hurts you deeply. And if you come in here and you thought what was being taught that night you didn't need, hello. It's amazing to me the people that are smarter than God. It really is. Uh, people come in here and they'll hear about a topic or they'll hear a certain speaker and say, well, I don't need them. If God orchestrated that person to be here or that talk to be taught, you needed it. Now, it might not have been tonight. It might not be tomorrow. But sooner or later, that's go you're going to say, man, I remember when the preacher taught on that. It's kind of like... It's kind of like uh, people that are, are uh, them survival people. 
Them, you know, survivalists that they getting all packed up and they have this and they have that and they have this and that. I, I remember one. I remember, I remember an, an, an old movie a long, long time ago. Dan Aykroyd and, and Chevy Chase. They was in a spy movie together. And they was having, it was hot, and they was having to carry, they was having to carry these fur, uh, fur coats and, and, and furs, uh, and it was hot and burning up. And, she, you know, Dan Aykroyd was a smart one, and, and Chevy Chase was a smart aleck. And, and Chevy Chase kept saying, I, I don't know why we do it. He said, you're going to thank me. You're going to thank me. You're gonna, and then the very next scene, they're in the, 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 the mountains and the snow, and it's like subarctic temperatures, and, and they're sitting there freezing. And the point is, he, may, he didn't think he needed it at the time when it was 80 degrees. But Dan Aykroyd knew, you're going to thank me. And the point is, sometimes you come to church and what you're getting, you may not need at this moment. But the day's coming. Wise people will store it up. I may not need this right now. I may not need this at this point. But hey, there may come a day. And if I do need it, I will have it. Amen? Amen. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Proverbs 10, 14. If wisdom is stored in the heart, then we'll say the right thing at the right time. People will be helped, but fools lose whatever wisdom they may have picked up, and their words only bring destruction. What a tragedy it is when people waste their gains by failing to use their education, the sermons and the Bible lessons they've heard, or the books they've read. Truly wise people treasure the knowledge and skills they've worked hard to acquire and use their treasure to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Can y'all, uh, can anybody say amen to this, that there's been times that you heard something and a truth or maybe an application of God's word and then you went out and then you didn't do it and you paid the consequences. There's been times when, when, when I learned to shut up in the word of God and then, and then at the situation, the Holy Spirit was reminding me what the word of God says and I didn't obey. And then after I run my mouth and then I thought, why did I do that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's, that's the thing. Wise people will retain what they learn so they can apply it to their life situations, all right? Number five, number five, all right? Oh, we're, we're doing good on time, people. Number one, number one. All right, let's, let's try this together. Let's try this together. We're having fun tonight, ain't we? Nobody wants to be wise. All right, number one. All right, number two. Number three. Number four. All right, number five. Wise people flee from sin. Wise people flee from sin. All right, what's the old saying? If you play with fire, don't even play with it. Don't even mess around. Don't even, t- don't, don't even, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil. Uh, 
I heard about I heard about a preacher that messed up, and I think I said this story earlier, but I'm gonna say it again because it's really important. Uh, a, a preacher that that messed around and committed adultery on his wife. I mean, one of my heroes. I'm talking about, and this was before I I really. I mean, I was I was 18 years old and in Bible college, but I always thought that that happened to other people. That didn't happen to you know real people. And 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 I found it out, man. I cried like a baby. It just it just it just about killed me. And uh, I talked to Doctor Brown about it, and 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 he said, "Well, how's that make you feel?" I said, "Man, it scares me to death. I'm I'm not even a good Christian, and that dude could preach the paint off the walls, and I'm just trying to read my Bible." I said, "It scares me to death." He said, "That's good, because as long as you're scared of it." You'll leave it alone. You know when people get bit by snakes? When they stop being scared of them. You let a snake come around me. Y'all with me? Miss, <laughs> Miss Delancey and Brother Gus is in the house. And, and uh, their son John... Love snakes. He's in heaven now, and it wasn't from a snake either. But he 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 was he had caught a snake, and uh, and and just loved them. It just like which he was crazy anyhow. He loved rock climbing, and and if it was dangerous, he liked it. I mean, that's just the way he was. And and we we was having revival. I think Brother Craig Edwards was here that weekend, and 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 they had went. They were here at church Sunday morning. And uh, they went on a picnic that afternoon and seen a snake, had to have it, had to have it, caught it. And uh, it, 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 he, he caught it too far up on the head and it, it, he went to loosen his grip so it could slide back and get it where it needed to be. And it hit him right on the thumb, right there. And uh, when I got to the hospital, when I got to the hospital, he looked like, a, he, he, looked like he had an alien hand. I, I've never seen swelling like that in my entire life. Never, ever in my life. And they had marks where they'd take the, the, the permanent marker and mark off for the, uh, for the swelling. And, uh, and I saw that. Man, he was sick. Lord have mercy, he was sick. And, and God is my witness. Y'all going to think I'm making this up, but I'm telling you, I was standing in the room when they said it. The nurse walked in and had the snake serum, and she was shaking, and she says, this is out of date, but I think it'll still work. God is my, my hand on the Bible. Whichever one it's supposed I was like, huh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when you come in the room, Mr. Lancey? She came in the room. She was not happy. Her first words, her, I remember it just like it was her first words. John, tell me you wasn't trying to catch it. I said, John, I don't believe I'd tell her what you did. <laughs> Amen. He wasn't afraid of them. That snake would have never had that chance with me. He would have had to run me down to bite me. Amen. Same principle. It's the same thing. I, I, I remember, you know, how many of y'all grew up before, before it was, uh, before you wasn't allowed to ride your bike without a helmet. Amen. 
sheet of plywood, concrete block. Hello, evil Knievel. And you was doing real good. You was doing real good till you got good and unafraid. And then you about broke your neck. Sin's the same way. A wise person will flee from it. They won't even, they won't even test it. They won't even, they won't even, hey, when, when Joseph got into his situation with Potiphar's wife, he didn't mess around, he ran. He didn't try to talk her out of her transgression. He didn't try to explain how wrong it was. He didn't stay and fight temptation. He ran. Listen, wise people, they know when to run. Listen, a wise person will flee from sin. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Because we get self-confident. We don't think it can happen to us. Why do we speed? Because we don't think we're going to get caught. Most of the time, we get a self-confidence. There's three listed. How about Samson? Samson was so arrogant, he was so confident in his strength, he was so confident, and he didn't even realize. He didn't even realize it wasn't his own human strength, it was the anointing of God on him. And he ended up getting his eyes poked out and lost his life because he was self-confident. Joshua, they come out of Jericho, they come out of Jericho, a great victory, a great accomplishment, and he started feeling it. Let me tell you when a, let me tell you when a church gets in trouble is when they start thinking they're, they're pretty good. Is when they start thinking that, hey, you know, uh, you know we're, the, we're the second largest church in all of Coleman. But if you start talking that way, you're in for, you're in for trouble. Because it ain't me, and it ain't you. If it wasn't for the grace of God... And the anointing and power of God. We're having people call all the time and saying, what is it? I said, I don't know. But I like it, amen? It's God. See, Joshua got so confident in his being a general and his being a leader that he went into AI and got his behind whipped because of self-confidence. How about Peter? Jesus says, the, the shepherd will be smitten and the sheep will scatter. First thing Peter said, not me. Basically, you know what he was saying? I love you more than all these. I, ain't, I won't never leave you. Uh-uh, no. And even Jesus himself said, look, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Satan has desired to have them. may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. And you know what? Peter got mad. God is talking to you, telling you you're going to do it, and you say no. Self-confidence. Y'all know the story. Denied the Lord three times, went out and wept bitterly. Please don't get overconfident. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Wise people flee from sin. All right, guys. Waited on this one. To almost the very end, put your seatbelt on. 
There's turbulence ahead. Number six, wise people discipline their speech. In Alabama translation, they watch their mouth. (laughs) Proverbs 16.23, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. In other words, he's very careful about what he says. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is... Wow. Those people that always have to tell you what they think, they're not real wise. You ever heard that phrase, it's better... To keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) The very first time I heard that was from a girlfriend's daddy. (laughs) Not sure he liked me too much. All right. Proverbs has so much to say about the dynamics and dangers of human speech, and the wise person realizes the power of the tongue and keeps it under control. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The the word uses the word temperance, but it means self-control. Being able to control your spirit, being able to control your mouth. If you can control your mouth, you can control everything. Turn with me, take your Bibles and turn with me to James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. Y'all going to get a kick out of this. James chapter 3. It says in, in verse number 1. Ooh, verse number 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean without issues. That means complete. The word means complete, mature. And able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which, though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. My soul. Every kind of beast, of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men. In other words, on Monday we're singing Amazing Grace and on, 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 or Sunday and on Monday we're cussing out our neighbor. 
which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. What's it mean? It means wise people know when to keep their mouth shut. And I and I, I wish I wished I could stand here and say, man, I'm master at that, but God's working on me every day. God help me keep my mouth shut. Just help me to keep my mouth shut. I want you to do an exercise when you get home. I want you to go to your bathroom and take your toothpaste and and squeeze it all out and then put it back in. This is a this is a little deal we do with with little kids to help them understand that when you say something you can't get it back you can't get it back when you squeeze that toothpaste out when you try to get it back in you make a bigger mess y'all with me just be careful wise have you ever noticed that when it when it comes to really wise people they don't say much have y'all noticed that? But what they do say is important. Wise people learn to discipline their speech. Lastly, and we're done. Lastly, we're done. And this is really important. Wise people seek to influence others to trust the Lord. Wise people seek to influence others to trust the Lord. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise the word translated wins means to capture as a hunter captures his prey wise people seek to capture the ignorant and disobedient by sharing god's wisdom with them jesus told his fishermen disciples that they would be catching men instead of catching fish in luke five ten, wisdom leads to righteousness and righteousness produces fruit and this fruit entices those who are hungry for what is real and eternal both by both their lives and their words Wise people seek to lead others to the Lord, to the Lord. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, after we heard everything we heard, how many of y'all would like to be wise? I would too. I would too. We're going to pray, be dismissed. Everybody by now, by now knows where you're supposed to pick up your youngins at. So uh, uh, we'll pray and dismiss. And let's do this. Let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other that... Uh, uh, we could all be wise. Amen. I met, I met with a, a lady at the, uh, a mother at the hospital today that has learned today she's got about six months to live. And, uh, 